This is a Pain Artistry production. We are two women in academia raising questions and breaking down perceptions from a black point of view. Welcome to the Black Haze Podcast. It's your girl, Dr. Porcher. And it's your girl, Dr. Bertrand. Dr. B, what are we chatting about today? Can you tell the folks? Oh, we're talking about by Black, the importance of Black entrepreneurship. Well, before we get into it, girl, um, I know we have a whole bunch of education people that listen to us all the time. So let's tell the folks why we think this is important to talk about. I think it's absolutely important. This is educational because here's the thing. Y'all got to know what to do with your money. One of the things that we need to know, and especially as a black community, is how to one, protect our dollar save our dollar and who to spend our dollar with. And so that's why we educating y'all today. So we know that we are not doing our regular show, but you know, where we're talking about things in schools, but there are some education questions. So they need to be listening. True. But also too, I think it's important. The coin needs to stay in the black community. Let's just talk about that. Um, so I'm excited to talk about that today. So Dr. B, we have some co-hosts. Can you tell us who rocking with us for today? I am excited that our co-hosts today are my cousins. Uh, Janae, I don't want to mess up your last name. Can you tell me how to pronounce that? Janae Buchan. Janae Buchan. Okay. (laughs) And then I also have my other cousin, her sister, Yvonne Bazemore in the Hizal. And so let me just give, hey, tell the people, hey, y'all. Hey. <laughs> so I'm going to just give y'all a little bit of background because one of the things that we try to do with Black Gays is we really do, we try to create a space where we can bring our people in and have these forms of discussion. So Janae and Yvonne are both co-owners of Double Scoop Ice Cream in Stonecrest, Georgia, y'all. So we have gone all the way down to the South Okay, to get some entrepreneurs. Janae has served as a scooper and cashier at the same location when she was 16 years old, when it was Brewster's ice cream. And he loved every minute of it. She was known for making the best banana splits with a smile, and she loved taking care of the customers. So after graduating from Georgia State University, and not just Georgia State University, honey, she also graduated from the University of Georgia. She pursued a career in social work. And with that, she also did student affairs in real estate. And she purchased investment properties and provided affordable housing for college students. But wanted to do more for her community. So, girl, I ain't finished. She's also an author. She wrote the book, How to Live Mortgage and Rent Free Through College and Beyond. We got some bosses. Oh, girl, we got some people in the place. We got some people in the place. I hope y'all ready to learn. Wait, and then I got one more bio. Let me tell y'all about Yvonne. Yvonne is the co-owner. She was also a scooper and cashier at Brewster's at 15. And it's so amazing to me that they actually bought the place that they used to work at. How you gonna bow them out? Bow them out, honey. They about to buy the block. 
So by the age 17, she was promoted crew leader and worked the closing shift every weekend. But she did that and then graduated from Georgia State University with a bachelor's in business administration, majoring in managerial sciences with a focus in human resources. And so as sisters, they both are running this business. And this is just one, honey. They're going to be franchising. <laughs> what? So listen, this is this is like blessing my whole soul because the one thing you know we talk about this a lot on the black gays podcast is that we do this like yeah we we they literally i'm we just listening to their their bios and they didn't already laid the black print for how we build they have. um black wealth in the black community and why it's important to to buy black so y'all can y'all just say what's up to the folks again hello, hello. <laughs> oh my god they sound like the double mint. <laughs> Listen, and friend, I know you wanted to say this um, because we're all about uplifting our community, elevating and amplifying. Um, but to be young, gifted and black, because they are definitely killing Listen, it. Listen, so. and under, I want to say under 31. So these are business owners on, that y'all. are young. So don't tell me black people can't own nothing. Y'all go ahead with that. But listen, you already know how I how I do it. Everything comes from us. So even if it's in somebody else's community that's not melanated, guess where they got it from? Us. Okay. All right. So listen, every time we in you all welcome to to the Black Gays podcast, as y'all can see, we extra. This is what we do. Um, but before we get into no, the conversation, no, we are extra, <laughs> honey. We. So listen, before we get started, every single episode, we always honor our OGs, meaning that we want to honor the people who paved the way for us. Like out, they can be your ancestors. They can also be people who are just, you know, in your sphere that's killing the game. So I want you all one at a time, whichever one doesn't really matter. Who taught you about black entrepreneurship and or the importance of buying black? Tell us who they are so we can shout them out tell us their names and and where you learned about black entrepreneurship and the importance of buying black i almost want to say janae kind of taught me everything i know if i'm being honest that's fine um our parents brought us up on lots of love i'll say Mm -hmm. but not really like financial independence i'm not going to say we learned everything we know on our own but we're kind of self-taught like we're just kind of learning as we go Mm -hmm. um janae taught me how to budget when i was a teenager those little tiny tiny brewster's checks they were tiny (laughs) um she she taught me how to kind of work it making seven dollars an hour um and then from there i just learned google i just grew a lot of financial literacy stuff so so janae is your og janae Janae, who taught you then? So if Yvonne got it from you, who taught you, Janae? Uh, I think I learned from observing Okay. growing up, right? So like you see how other people handle their funds and you're like, okay, how can I do it differently? So I would have to say, you know, like Yvonne said, Brewster's gave us some very small checks. I was making $5.25 an hour at Brewster's when I was a teenager. So you had to make it stretch. So, Mm. you know, using resources um, like mint.com and just basically using the spreadsheet and saying, hey, these are my expenses. I know right now I only have a cell phone bill, but let me save, you know, so that later on when I go to college, I have some money to do so. So. It's so interesting that you all jumped off of each other because um, 
actually, I was raised by my grandmother or reared by my grandmother. If she hear me say raised, she'd be like, you raise cows, you don't raise children. So <laughs> I was reared by my grandmother and um, my grandmother is wasn't, it wouldn't be considered literate um, based on our understanding of whiteness, right? In terms of our understanding of literacy. So my grandmother always made me feel like she was playing a game with me. So when her bills would come, she would say, Keisha, open up the bills. And I want you to tell me how much um, I owe. This is how much money I have. I want you to write my checks out. Because she would always say, I just love your handwriting. (laughs) But as an adult, I learned that my grandmother really struggled to read. And so having Mm. me there and writing the checks for her was, Mm. was really important. So I learned about finances at like nine years old but also too my grandmother had this expectation y'all know i'm a church girl um you are where we yeah i am a church girl girl (laughs) um listen so my grandmother used to make us pay tithes even on our loot so if you gave Mm -hmm. if my grandmother gave you ten dollars she used to be like where's your ten percent i used to be like Mm -hmm. I just got the ten dollars. Right. Like, want me to give you some money back? <laughs> um, so, and then would definitely ask the lady at the church, like, did Keisha put our money in the in the um collection oh. plate? And I'm like, no, because I'm trying to go to the corner store to get some candy cane. <laughs> so, the interesting thing is too, when I don't think we think about some of those elements as they might have taught us things, because you know our understanding of education and how we think about money might be different. Yeah. But I remember that very distinctly with my grandmother and so my idea of budgeting came from her mm. without me even knowing that she mm. was teaching those things so she would say you see why you all can't get the name brand cereal you see how mm. much money I started mm-hmm. with and how much money it costs to pay bills and at the time I didn't even recognize she was teaching me about money but I knew at the beginning of every single month my grandmother was going to call me into the living room mm. with her bills and tell me how much money she had and I was going to write out every single check so I, I thought that was that. really interesting. Yeah, that's an amazing idea. Like, yeah. I really love that. And then I'm also thinking about, too, how many Black folks really have, like, their grandparents or their elders teaching them that, right? Because we just used to think, like, we eating O's instead of Cheerios. You know, Mr. Pibb instead of Dr. Pepper, right? But I'm thinking like that was still like an economical decision making. Like that was budgeting. Like I can't go and get you fruity pebbles because that's going to cost too much. And we got to stay within this monthly budget. So I am glad that you touched on that. And, you know, before we move on to our first question, I think this is a, a, a part where we can also talk about just the education in the black community, because when we, you know, in these spaces where, you know, black children, we enact violence upon black children, we always talk about, oh, we need to teach black people and black children grit and resilience. Mm. And, you know, when I think about the fact that my grandmother can make a decision to get O's instead of Cheerios to save money, I mean, who do, who else do that's you critical need to thinking. learn from? Like, mm-hmm. That's critical thinking. But also, too, I've never, growing up in the hood, like, my grandmother knew how to make things stretch. So it wasn't so much as like, oh, she don't know how to navigate the world. No. Black people who are poor and who have economic issues, they actually show you that they know how to do what's best with their money because they're making something out of nothing. So you right. might have to drink Dr. Pip instead of Dr. Pepper, but you're still drinking. And right. so I think it's important for people to notice that. Well, I, I can say we grew up playing a lot of games as a family. Mm. I can say Monopoly was one of our like mm. most competitive games. Okay, <laughs> very competitive. 
Um, and you want to talk about like buying and investing and like I can definitely remember some of those negotiating was skills. The big one. It's so, I'm gonna pay half of this house and I'm gonna get half when somebody lands on it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Correct. You know what? That leads me then into because one of the things that we we set up the show doing is thinking about our experiences. And I want to ask you all, how did you become owners of your own ice cream shop? Like we know the story that you used to work there, but how did you get to a point where you bought it? Yeah. So my background is in student affairs. And so I was working for housing for different colleges for a number of years, living for free, eating for free, getting a salary and benefits. And I was like, this is amazing. However, I want to do something new. So I transitioned into real estate. And so now I'm a realtor. I have my license. And so, um, you know, I saw the listing on accident. I literally ran across it on accident. Um, and it said for sale. And so I text Yvonne. I said, Yvonne, our old job is for sale. Do you want to buy it? And Yvonne was like, wow, sure, let's do it. And I was like, for real? You know, cause you know, she's working in HR full time. I'm doing real estate. So my schedule is a little bit more flexible, but I'm like, we could really buy our first job. And mm. so we literally went under contract with them. Um, made an offer on the building, on the property, got approved, pre-approved within like three days, closed in six weeks. That's crazy. opened in another six weeks. And we have been open since October 12th of last year. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) I just want to like put, like, I just want to stop for a moment. And just so you, I don't know if you all know, but I spent a good grip of uh, time I went to college at Spelman, so I'm very familiar with Brewster. I used to work for Spelman. Yes. Yeah, I'm very familiar with Brewster, yes. so I'm sitting here getting chills. Like mm-hmm. y'all just bought the ice cream shop, but I'm also thinking about you know in our next question for you all. Um, wow, because I know that there's been a lot of research, especially since social media um, has popped off, that the increase in Black businesses, specifically mm-hmm. for uh, Black women, has grown exponentially but i i have another question for you all in what ways can black people begin to position themselves to become entrepreneurs when there are so many systems designed to prevent black wealth i would say real estate and Mm. home ownership um while i was working for spelman as a resident director um i bought a couple student rental properties in the west end when they were under twenty five thousand dollars Mm. So I bought about four student rental properties in four months, and we charged each student $700 per room. Mm. And then, you know, after a while, they started the Atlanta Beltline, which is a trail that connects all the neighborhoods, which made the property values increase. Mm. So I was able to sell all of those properties that I bought for under $25,000 for $150,000. Wow. People don't tell us this stuff, like which which bothers me. But I was able to take the equity out of those properties because right. there was no mortgage on them, right? It was cash. So as long as it's worth a hundred thousand dollars or more, they'll give you seventy percent of what it's worth. Wow. So that allowed me to do more fix and flips and allowed us to buy double scoop. Wow! I went the regular, I guess, nine to five route. I worked in HR for five years, and it was just me. So I was putting away 
honestly, like thousands of dollars. And I just mm. saved, I used Google to research in how to invest in stocks and bonds. And that's what I was doing. So I had money. I was just throwing money at the stock market for five years. Wow. So when it came time to buy double scoop, I had a very nice just chunk of change. I didn't know what I was saving up for <laughs> Wow, for those five years, but I was just saving money, saving money. So when Janae was like, let's buy roosters, I said, oh, okay. That's, that's <laughs> I took some money out of my 401k. I took some money out of my um, investment accounts. And I love so, this. Yeah. People have to say, like, even if you don't know what you're saving for, you just have to have money to the side. That mm-hmm. way, when an opportunity presents itself, you mm-hmm. can just kind of jump on it. Mm. You know what? It's so interesting that you said that, um, Janae, like people don't teach us this mm-hmm. because this is something really interesting. Dr. B, I know you're about to get into the next question. Uh, when I started my career teaching, I was 21 years old mm-hmm. and I had just moved to Maryland. I'm from Ohio. So like the average rent when I was growing up, I remember my friends when they went to college, they were like getting apartments and they were like $600. So I moved to Maryland outside of DC and the rent's like $1,500, $1,600. And I'm like, how am I, I, do they know how broke I am? Like this is my first job. I'm just going to keep giving you my whole $1,500 every single month. It, like I can stand in the middle of my room and see the whole space. Yeah. What is happening? So I remember um going into the office and I told the guy like, I'm a bad house. Watch. Mm-hmm. I said, cause I ain't going to keep on giving you my $1,600. Plus I don't even really get it. Like, and he was like, yeah, people always say that. And I just want to say this you know, for everybody as we continue on is that we would get these emails about programs like the teacher next door program Mm -hmm. or um, buying in, um, buying in communities where they were, you know, attempting to fix them up. Mm -hmm. And so I saw one of those emails because I was a teacher at the time and I went to one of the sessions and I was just like, I can't keep giving people $1,600. I'm living check to check and I got a whole, you know, career. And then the guy ran my credit and was like, yeah, you definitely can purchase a house. So I purchased my first house at 22 years old. But in that, they made us go to these home buyer mm-hmm. sessions. Like that was a part of the process. Yeah, and in that process, even though my grandmother had taught me the whole process of like writing checks and I knew how to balance my checkbook and all of that stuff, they also taught us about saving. Mm-hmm. So they were like, mm-hmm. how do you save for an emergency fund? Like how mm-hmm. much money should you, why should you pay yourself every time you get paid? before you first? Yeah. So those types of things I didn't learn until I got into that particular yeah. space. So you're absolutely right, Janae, when you say people are not really teaching those specific things. And so it wasn't until I was 22 years old. Yes, I was doing a great job at paying my bills all the time, making sure my tuition was paid and all of that good stuff. But no one had taught me how to grow my money. Mm-hmm. And once I went to that home buyers class and purchased my first home, then that's when they were like, okay, you should have an emergency fund. You should have this type of fund. I learned how to save money that particular way. And I think it's so important when you're saying this because me and my husband didn't buy our first house until we were 26. But even in that, I had no idea the number of programs programs that would help with first time home buying until we got to a point where we were like, you know what, let's buy it. And when we went and found the house, newly built construction, um, we had, I promise y'all, we, I probably had $200 in my bank account. 
I did not have to put down any down payment or anything. I literally had an upgraded brand new home. Nobody ever sat on the toilet seat. Mm -hmm. It was brand spanking new. And I, because of the different programs and even because Obama was the president, my forever president, we got $8,000 back when it was income tax time. And so nobody has ever educated us on, on the importance of home ownership. Yes. Then look, and that's an investment. You have yes. equity in your home. And so home. when we moved and sold our house, we made so much money. We could pay off of our debts exactly. so that we could be living debt free in our new location. Now, and sometimes you can even keep those homes. Like I know Keisha kept her home as a rental property. So like, there's just different ways that you can use that as investment. As an investment property, yes. Because yeah. I had the same experience in Atlanta. They had a student apartment complex. They had a. I lived in a four bedroom, four bathroom my freshman year, and they were each charging us eight hundred dollars a month. Mm. And so in my mind, I'm like, they're making thirty two hundred off of this one unit. I yeah. said, one day I'm going to own some student rental properties, and I'm going to charge and do the same because. Every, they're doing it. Why can't I do it? So mm, I, mean, I love that. those are the ways that you just learn like, okay, I'm experiencing this and I see how it's happening. What can I do so that it can benefit me as well, but also help students in the same way. So, you know, and Janae, you know what you're, you're, you're hitting on something, just going back to our OGs is like our, the black community knows the power of home ownership, right? Yeah. As you said, that's how you can begin to, uh, you know, learn about entrepreneurship mm -hmm. but i know that you know our our community also was hit really hard with like predatory loans absolutely a lot of people had to get rid of their homes or which is why i was able to buy our first student rental for eighteen thousand. my yeah. car was more than my first student rental property which is wow. crazy to me because that's how hard it hit fulton county yes it hit black people really yeah. hard. And this is why people don't understand why this election was so important because when President Obama came, he made sure that he put certain laws in mm -hmm. place. Yes. Predatory experiences mm -hmm. did not happen because when that 2008 really hit, mm -hmm. the black community in terms of home ownership was hit the, the hardest. hardest. So, like, we lost Mima's house, mm -hmm. and Papa's house, we all because everything. of those experiences. Yes. See, this so, is the, the part for even here in Georgia when we had the hardest hit. They were giving out $15,000 in down payment assistance where you didn't have to pay anything. And unfortunately, wow. due to COVID, they just ended it. But I had so many clients who didn't have to pay anything at the closing table because they were able to utilize that down payment assistance. So there are down payment assistance programs everywhere, no matter where you live. They know there are people who need housing and they need that assistance. So mm -hmm. I feel like there's no excuse now for, you know, you know, for you not to have a home. I love this, y'all. I do, because as you all are talking, I'm going to move us to our next question. But I was just thinking about a couple of years, there was the hashtag don't sell grandma's house because you had all of these beautiful row homes in DC and row houses in Baltimore where people was just giving them away and their grandparents and OGs put so much into these homes and here you are just selling them um, for yeah, a dollar. So many stories. Uh, and unfortunately in the West End, uh, some investors came and brought $20,000 oh, cash in a briefcase and the family was like, oh yes, you can have it. 
but the house across the street just sold for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Exactly. Who sold this house for twenty because it looked good and it was cash? Like people don't know what they're sitting on, and people don't have the knowledge to say, "Hey, something's not right here. Let me call somebody." And be like, what's going on? Instead of just accepting the first offer that you get. I've Listen, we about to give them the knowledge right now. Listen, That's why here. Let me That's tell why you. Here. This is okay. such an important episode. And I want us to talk about, because we've been talking about home ownership. We've been talking about entrepreneurship. Why is it important to buy black? How does buying black positively impact the black community? And that's for either or. Yvonne, I see her pointing at you. What you got? <laughs> I've been talking. So I said, let me let Yvonne say something. Um, I think it's important because when you buy black, I mean, you're keeping the money, of course, within our community and you're helping out your fellow black person, not some billionaire that already has a billion dollars and they're just going, going, going and they don't care about us. I think when you kind of shop local and shop black, you're helping your black people get further along. I mean, and they're helping you. So yeah. like even at Double Scoop, we have a scholarship for our seniors. We are very um, involved in our community. We gave out free ice cream for Thanksgiving to the kids um, at the YMCA with um, 21 Savage. <laughs> like, wow. you know, 21 Savage. <laughs> you know, you know, we do what we can. We're just trying to, you know, come out here and, and support our own community. And what better way to do that? So it's not just to keep the funds to ourselves, but no, we are providing employment opportunities for our high school students. We are raising funds and doing fundraisers for them. I mean, it's so many things. We just had a teacher appreciation day for all the teachers who I know are going through it with this virtual learning. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine. So just doing things in the Black community and supporting the Black community we're able to give back and then continue, right? Because if we franchise, now we're helping another Black family out who can now create opportunities for their family and for their community. So that's why it's important to buy Black. Mm. And you know what I'm thinking about? Yeah, so dope. Like I'm over here in (laughs) chills with chills. But this is another thing too that's so important. Like you can't be what you can't see. And so now that they can see Yvonne and they can see Janae, like, oh, Yvonne and And Janae got a logo. Look at the logo. logo. We were very intentional about that to say, hey, where's the black representation? Um, I'm looking for it. I said, not a a problem. We'll fix that. So Mm -hmm. we got our two baby pictures of us together. And we asked um, a graphic designer, Marco um, Bernard. He does the... um, Disney characters and stuff. He's very popular on, on social media yeah. and Instagram. Um, and he was like, yes, I would love to do y'all logo. He did a logo for us and it's everywhere. I mean, we have loyalty cards. We sell t-shirts. I mean, wow. everything because we, we want people to know that you as a black man or woman, person of color, whatever you, you can do it too. We get wow. kids, adults, you know, they bring their kids to our shop mm-hmm. all the time and they always... We have this logo like outside of our shop. So they always take pictures with their kids, especially. I love it when it's little kids and especially when it's little girls and mm-hmm. sisters and the parents are like, hey, that looks that just looks like, like you. you. And yeah. you watch the kids uh-huh. trying to make uh-huh. that connection. connection like, and they're like, oh, oh, that is me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so cute. That's amazing. And, you know, this is the thing, too. And we're going to move to our final question is just that, um, it's important for kids not to just see this in their community, but this should be prevalent in our schools, right? Mm-hmm. You know, 
always say people pick and choose, like uh, teaching is a political act, right? Absolutely. Choose what you want to teach. And if I decide to always teach uh, from a deficit perspective about the black community and I don't teach an asset perspective, like, hey, there's a black owned ice cream shop down the street, then my students can't see that that's an opportunity. So our last question on our last episode, um, one of our youth co-hosts mentioned that schools do not prepare students for the real world. For example, schools do not teach you how to pay taxes or live outside of high school. What do you all think schools need to do to make sure our black youth are equipped to possibly own their own business or make sure their credit is excellent and find ways to accumulate wealth? What would be some suggestions that y'all would have for some teachers on how we could do this? I would say the same way you have to go to math class every day. (laughs) You should have some, I mean, I guess they used to have what home economics back then when they would teach you how to Mm -hmm. cook or whatever. There should be some type of financial Literacy. literacy class and you take it all four years just like you do math science history in language i don't know whatever <laughs> we haven't been there in a while yeah still. um i think it should just be a class but i also feel like the parents need to be involved as well i mean teachers already have a lot i mean you guys know this you guys are teachers <laughs> professors um there's a lot on the teacher's plates so it has to be coming from all angles. I mean, kids learn a lot of things outside of school. Mm-hmm. So it needs to be reinforced at home as well. So the parents have to also teach their kids how to budget, how to invest in stocks, um, you know, that kind of thing. It has to be coming from all angles. Mm-hmm. I also think, too, the one thing that uh, Dr. B and I have been doing is just challenging what we deem as knowledge, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who says it's important to learn calculus? Not yeah. that math isn't important, but like even us reimagining what we think knowledge is and what should be taught mm-hmm. is something that we have to think differently about. I taught at a high school that had AP IB and vocational classes. Mm. So a lot of my students came out with a license to do hair. They also came out with a Cisco networking license. They came out as culinary artists. They came out with already a nursing certificate. So how do we not just think about, hey, yeah, we want students to go to college. That's important. But how do we give them skills? Because I'm thinking about, you know, your sister just called you and was like, let's start, let's, um, Let's buy the ice cream place that we used to work at. I don't think that we are even showing students that that is a goal and that is a form of knowledge also. And you do secondary, you you know, you have a secondary education background where I'm more elementary, right? And so even as we're thinking through this, I'm like, for our elementary classroom, one, what does it look like for them to see double scoop? And they can see the diversity in that. But then also, I'm thinking of career day, right? And you always bring... Career day is the... Yeah. We've been invited. Yeah. We were got invited to like 10 career days before COVID, COVID hit. Like, hit. Exactly. So we were about to go to all the, there were like five elementary schools, two middle schools, and like two high schools mm-hmm. that we got invited to go to. And it's like, yeah, college is great, but it's also not for everybody. And if you Absolutely. want to do, go into a business, then you need to be, know some business people. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely an option. It doesn't always have to be college, but kids, if they don't see that, they don't know it's an option. I mean, when we grew up, you could be a police officer, a lawyer, and a doctor. Mm-hmm. Or a teacher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I would have yeah. been a realtor. Yeah, I would have been a realtor coming right out of college. And I would have probably had two or three double scoops by now. Yeah. If I'm just saying, because our boss 
literally closed the shop down the year after Yvonne left, I think. I think 2013 or something like that, right? Or the year after mm -hmm. I graduated. So that would have been an opportunity for we me to be like, we could have opened up double scoop <laughs> six years ago after I graduated from Georgia State. If I would have mm -hmm. had the knowledge to say, hey, somebody teach me about home ownership, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, I buy a home and now I take the equity out and I use that as the down payment for the ice cream shop. But career day, I don't remember a realtor coming in there and telling me that. And see, that's what I'm thinking is so important for teachers is for teachers to open up their classrooms, mm -hmm. especially now with COVID. You can yeah. have somebody zoom in. You don't even have to have them drive across town to, class. To, drive, to come in and invite them in to have conversations about yeah. entrepreneurship, yeah. home ownership. What is a realtor? So that students can start to think about, well, wait a minute, I can your get money this way. Your credit. You can have your parent add you as an authorized user if they have great credit. So now it starts early and you're not waiting until your 30s saying, oh, Janae, my credit is low because I don't have any credit. So now I can't help you buy a house because you don't have any history. So like those things early on as a teenager, you know, if you, when you get your first job, get, uh, you know, have the parent add their child as an authorized user on, you mm -hmm. know, one of their credit union credit cards or something like that just to help build it. Okay. So at this time... Wow. Now you have it. I just you learned just, something. Oh. I just learned something. But you know what's so interesting? And I think, the, so there's two things that I'm listening to. Like I taught in Prince George's County, which is, you know, the wealthiest county for black people mm -hmm. in the world. And then you all are in Atlanta. So you're in a, a, a I mean, we're in Georgia, which you're in a space where there are more black role models. Mm -hmm. And so for my educators, it's, I know it's so, I know we all want to be stars, but it's important for students to see themselves. So if you know that you don't have the capacity with your non-melanated self oh, to Lord. show them um, people that look like them, it's important for you to put people that look like them in front of them so that you are not the star. I just want to say that piece. And the second I was waiting that, for Keisha to come up. You know I was on my way because I'm just thinking about it because, you know, students will ask questions about yeah. like, hey, is there this and that? They'll just keep trying to censor themselves because, you know, non-melanated people, they always censor themselves. They'll continue to censor yeah. themselves and keep saying, oh, well, I can help you when you know you don't have the capacity to help. So that's the first thing. And the second thing that I'm really, really thinking about as you all are like pushing the envelope. So I grew up in the hood, hood, like straight up, straight up. And the thing that I noticed when I went to Spelman is like a lot of my Spelman sisters, their parents purchased, just like what you did, Janae, their parents purchased homes mm -hmm. when we were sophomores mm -hmm. and they lived in those homes and now they're renting those homes out, right? Mm -hmm. And renting out each room and making them and, room. and making dough, right? Mm -hmm. But my thing is, y'all know me. I love my mama, but my mama couldn't pay for the ice, right? So it's important if somebody would have told me all of the... When I think about all of the money that I paid for rent mm -hmm. when I was a college student, like we even need to think about what we're teaching at the college level. So, yeah, so I wrote, it's funny you say it's so funny you say that. I wrote this book. Hold on, wait. Before you get to your oh, I'm book, sorry. I'm sorry. Dr. B, take us into the next okay. section because that's right on point. Goodness. This is right on point. Let us segue because you know if you listen to the Black A's, we got what, what you, you reading, reading though. What you reading in there? Hey, this is where this comes up, Janae and Yvonne. Okay. Are there, I was just about to ask you all, are there any books that you would recommend for people to read to learn about Black entrepreneurship? Or is there anything that you are reading right now? So talk about your book. 
So, as I said before, my background is in student affairs, which is basically a department for colleges. And it's the best department because they're basically trying to help students get acclimated to college. We want to make sure that you're successful in college. So throughout my student affairs journey, I worked for the housing department. Mm -hmm. So I was a resident assistant where I was able to eat for free, live for free, and they gave me a stipend. Then I became a resident director where I get to eat for free, live for free. (laughs) They give me a salary with benefits, Right. right? Then I went on to get my master's degree and I still worked for the housing department. And guess what? I got to live for free, eat Eat for for free, free. get a stipend, and they paid for my tuition. So my tuition was waived and I only had to pay $25 a semester. Wow. So my master's degree was only $100. And then I went to Africa for a study abroad trip. My tuition was still $25. So I basically paid $125 for my master's. So in that whole process, I was able to save a lot of money. But what I wish I would have done was save all of my refund checks. Because guess what? I would have used that as a down payment for more properties. Mm. So, So now I'm living like I... I don't have too many bills except my car note, right? But I'm able to use those funds and invest it in other stuff. So, so what you're what saying it, is, hold on, let me get this because I think this is very important. What you're saying is don't use your refund check to go buy new outfits. Uh-uh, don't judge can, me because get me a new outfit. Don't judge uh-uh. me. Because this is the thing. All of my refunds checks went to Crabtree Valley Mall in Raleigh because okay. I had to look fly. But you're saying hold on to went, that. Because mine went to Ross, okay? At Georgia State. Yeah. I, was at, I was at the Ross on Howell Mill Road and I was sad when they closed it down. But I was like, Janae, you could have used this money to buy more student rental properties in the West End because mm. your neighbor, two houses down, bought their house for seven thousand. You bought yours for eighteen. So, mm. uh, uh, and there's still properties around here in the twenty thousand dollar range. Janae, you could have took them student rental properties and put it to okay. So wow. of course, you you live and you learn, right? But. It's still important for you to own and have something. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your book. Tell us the name of the book, girl. Oh, well, that's what the book is about. <laughs> Tell us the name the book of it. Is about my journey in student affairs and being able to live for free and eat for free. And just the, the tools that you need as far as budgeting and doing the credit union, uh, doing the getting, becoming an authorized user so you can increase your credit. So it's called A Guide to Living Mortgage and Rent Free. Through college and beyond, and it's on Amazon. I wow. was just about to ask where people can purchase this. Look at y'all, y'all. Listen, you you ain't said number but a word. You think I'm about to buy that for my niece who's about to go to college? I'm just Come saying. On. I hope it helps. I'm about to buy. Hey, listen, we about to buy copies because you know what? This is part of buying black. You need to yeah, support yep. black business because yeah. even though one of the things that I love about y'all is not only did you buy the ice cream parlor but you didn't sit there and say I'm about to buy the ice cream shop and we just gonna be wealthy black folks you mm-hmm. said no we're gonna take this we're gonna do scholarships mm-hmm. we're gonna have events we're gonna give to the community that's are going to be able to franchise this mm-hmm. so that other people can get a double scoop in their communities yep. that's what this is about it's not about me being wealthy on my own it ain't mm-hmm. no fun if I'm rich and Dr. P is broke we ain't going right. to what we gonna do? What we gonna do? We just gonna be broke together because you ain't gonna be happy. Listen, and then I'm gonna have to help you out. So we both gonna be broke. Listen, Yvonne, what you reading? Is there a book that you would recommend? What you reading right now? <laughs> 
I'm gonna just piggyback off of. It's a good read, right? It's a great. It's a great read. It's a good. Listen, I am definitely gonna look into it. I know Dr. B's um, daughter is interested in going to Howard, and okay. my niece don't have a choice. She already knows Spelman is the only <laughs> option. But um, I, I mean, she about to get this book for Christmas because if she she think I'm a bake, I ain't no bake. She about to read this book about how to I'm live just, for free and live for free. And to the point, I mean, it's listen, not I'm on it. I'm on it. Listen, I said point. Howard. That I need the book plus a uh, scholarship. Double scoop trying to give a scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> Let me close this out, y'all. Crazy. I love this conversation. So we have our last segment. Um, I know y'all can listen to them all day. I'm inspired to continue to do this work. Um, but the, we have one last segment that we want to share with you all. It's called I See You. I see you shining. And we want you all to shout out any black businesses or business owners that you support and would like others to support. So there's Mason's Hot Dog uh, Stand. He is local. He's in Lithonia on Snapfinger Road. He is 14 years old. He is wow. the youngest business owner in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mason's hot dogs. Mason's super dogs, mm-hmm. I think is what it's called. He was okay. actually at Morehouse first and he was um selling his hot dogs in the hot dog stand in the AUC. And he wow. just opened up his own spot uh like 10 minutes from us. So, a 14 year old. 14 year old. And his sister went to Spelman too. She was one of my students when I was a resident director there. Where were you at? What dorm were you in? Howard Harold. H A. Um, Abby. Um, excuse me. Oh, oh, Abby. No, family reunion. <laughs> <laughs> you want to shout out black businesses? Yes, and Slutty Vegan as well. We are all yes. black yes. Slutty Vegan. So proud of them. They're in the West End. They just opened up near Georgia State now, and in Jonesboro. Um, oh, hopefully they'll come to Stonecrest. Uh, Miss Treva. Oh, Miss Treva. She makes our sweet potato pound cakes at Double wow. Poop Ice Cream. We love her. She's amazing. She has her own um, in-home like bakery, so mm-hmm. she makes cakes, pies, whatever. all of that. Dessert, and they're we, we go hand in hand because you know we have the ice cream, and she's got the the, the good pound stuff. cakes. Yeah, the cakes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, listen. You all have blessed me. Um, I am so excited and this episode will definitely be dropping around the time where people start shopping and mm-hmm. um, engaging with businesses and throughout this entire month we're going to be very intentional about elevating black businesses and we're going to start with the three that you all have so that our commu- our month, our dollar excuse me will go far but I just want to say thank you all so much I want people to support you all so can you all tell us or tell the people where they can find you all at on social media, how they can get in touch with you all, where your shop is. Yes, yeah, so we are located outside of Stonecrest Mall. Um, and we're also on, of course, Instagram at DoubleScoopStonecrest.com. I'm sorry, DoubleScoopStonecrest. We're also on Twitter at DoubleScoopIce. And we're also on Facebook for DoubleScoopIceCream. Of course, we have a website with our full menu. We have over 60 flavors of ice cream, Italian ice vegan options uh we have it all milkshakes you name it we have it and the great part about it is we also have a drive-through so it's just grab and go you don't even have to wait that long so it's perfect 
Wow. Well, Dr. B, this was absolutely amazing. Can you tell the folks where they can find us? Black Gays Podcast, can you tell them where they can find I, us? Lord, this is, I'm just so, I'm just like. I'm full. I'm full, and I needed this today. And to be honest, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to cry because I ain't, I ain't trying to do that right now. But Yvonne <laughs> and Janae, I'm so thankful for you all. And the work that you're doing is beyond, it's impressive. And what you have yeah. done for me today has made me really think about my approach and how I'm going to be financially literate. And even as we're growing black gays, Dr. P, we're going to have some conversations about some investments and things um, as we grow, because you all have really become the black print for uh, entrepreneurship and buying black. But you all got to keep listening to us. Follow us on Twitter at Black Gays Pod, P-O-D. We're on Facebook, Dr. P. Where we at on Facebook? Black Gays Podcast. Instagram on um, Black Gays Black Podcast. Podcast and YouTube Black Gays Podcast. Yes, yes. If you yes. like what you heard today, please make sure you follow these young ladies um, with their work. I am so excited. They're located in Georgia, just in case you didn't know. Um, but we know y'all want to stay with us all but y'all day. Because we got to but go. But y'all came. <laughs> so Yvonne and Janae, we only ask that you do one thing when we close out is you shout yourself out. So we'll model for you. Okay? It's your girl, Dr. Porcher. And it's your girl, Dr. Bertrand. It's your girl, Yvonne. And it's your girl, Janae. And we out! This is a pain artistry.